Welcome to You Philosopher. Today I want to talk about The Last Jedi, but fair warning, there's a lot of spoilers. What we're really going to kind of try and focus in on are some key plot issues, so if you haven't seen the film yet, this is not the show for you. Now, that being said, the film's led to some controversy, and I'd like to talk about it because it's particularly interesting. It's come out in, in a very interesting and unusual way. And we want to talk about why, like what is it that's upsetting people because there's a key interest that's happening here, something pretty unusual, which is critics are loving it and apparently many fans are hating it. And to, to the point where we're getting something like 90% critics critical acclaim and then 50% um, people who go online, right, and register whether or not they like the film, 50% saying, I hated it, it was terrible. And so what's causing that tension and what's causing that, that difference? Now, I'm going to be trying to make the argument today that the thing that this film really gets right is also the thing that might be turning a lot of viewers off about it. Let's dive right in and look at the first argument for why it might be a bad film, which also, by the way, might include that not as many people dislike it as we're being led to believe by certain websites that collect, you know, people clicking whether or not they like it or not, which is the argument that Star Wars has become too diverse. So some people are really up in arms about this. They don't like the casting of the number of women, number of women who are in charge, the number of women who are being placed in powerful positions. Um, they don't like the number of men who are villains. They don't like the number of white men who are villains. They don't like the number of races that are being brought in. And this became really, really clear with people's responses to Rogue One. And the argument has gone that somehow like Star Wars is anti-Donald Trump, that there's things that maybe um, uh, particular conservative, uh, con conservative perspectives might hold that Star Wars seems to be against. And, and to be fair to, to people who feel like it's somehow an attack on their belief sets, there have been directors, right? There have been people like my, Mark Hamill who have made their political position really, really clear about... Um, what they believe and what, what they believe Star Wars can express contrary to uh, what uh, perhaps some conservatives believe. So it's not as if there's absolutely no argument here that these things might already be in tension. But let's just kind of look at it from um, this issue uh, of diversity, which to me just seems a little bit odd. For people just to get mad just at this idea that the films are too diverse seems to me to read a little bit weird, especially given the possibility that once some people think are happening is, is that people are so mad at the level of diversity in these films that they are actually going on these websites and like clicking repeated, not just like, I didn't enjoy the film, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, right? And they're like creating bots to do this for them, that that's how angry it's made them. Well, if that's the case, number one, notice then the films may not be as roundly hated right, as some people would have us believe, because people are going on with bots to do it. Um, but the argument for diversity to me just seems to, or against diversity, just seems to be kind of a strange one, particularly given the paradigm of, of Star Wars. And so, well, what's the argument and what's their concern? <clears throat> because to me, it's interesting. This idea of like, there's too much diversity in Star Wars. Uh, what does that even mean? I, I gotta admit, sometimes it confuses me a bit because it kind of sounds like one of those arguments that's along the lines of, like, there's just too much change and I don't like it. Um, you know, they, like when people complain about the reboot of a film, something like the new Ghostbusters film, like, oh, well, they changed it, now they're all women and it's just terrible or something like that. And I've never really understood that as being something to be upset about. 
because I'm one of those people who like, I'll just rewatch the original. Okay, you know, but a lot of people disagree with, you know, a lot of people are like, no, Nick, once that's happened, you know, they've taken the, taken the book series, they made the movie, the movie was cruddy, now it's ruined. Can't do it, it's, it's awful. Okay, well, maybe, but for me, that isn't the case. For me, I just go read reread the book series. To be honest, I tend to just be excited that there is something new and different, right? Like, I don't have to reread the book series. I can get a different perspective perspective on it, something new is happening, and that's exciting for me. But that being said, this issue of diversity is a little bit strange in particular with Star Wars because um, Star Wars is so hinged already on diversity and the idea that um, uh, diversity is a good thing, right? Um, what, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, is you really do see there is something of a homo sapiens only club, right? To actually take a quote from Star Trek, um, a homo sapiens only club when it comes to the Imperials, right? That's intentional. Like that's actually the case. There's nothing I can do about that fact. And you see the Imperials respond that way, right? You know, if they say something like if an Imperial sees Chewbacca and says, where are you taking that thing? Or something along those lines, right? And we even see Finn respond, right? By using the word thing to describe Chewbacca films later after episode four, you realize that there's something about an imperial upbringing that leaves people kind of intolerant of other kinds of people. People who are raised around people of other cultures and beliefs tend to be a good deal more tolerant, right? So especially if you're a child growing up with people who look different from you and believe differently from you, study after study shows that children who are raised around other children who are different from them tends to, tend to be a good deal more tolerant. And so we could fall into an argument about, well, but is toleration really a good thing? But in the context of the Star Wars universe, arguably it is. The films are already kind of embedded with this idea that diversity is in fact part of the hero side. And so I'm not sure like why anyone would be surprised that as the films go on and as other kinds of people become actors and are allowed to participate in acting and gain roles that there would there would be greater inclusion in, in that regard. Um, it, it's almost kind of like saying, well, I'm comfortable with them letting aliens play a really big role and I can't even understand what they're saying, but if you let a woman take charge of it, that's just anti-Star Wars. So that rings a little bit strangely to me. Now, if I wanna be fair, some of the argument might just be, no, no, Nick, you don't get it. This is just forced, right? Pardon the pun. Like they're making it happen in a way that's unfair or somehow un unnatural. In other words, the argument might be diversity in and of itself isn't a good thing. That to me leads to a, a kind of similar counter argument though. Like, well, if diversity do doesn't really help anything, right? Like, it, like diversity isn't in and of itself a good or a bad thing. Like you have more people with different thoughts and beliefs and of different kinds. What's the big deal, right? So what? It doesn't really do anything. Um, well, what does it harm, right? And so some people certainly feel like increase in diversity right now is something that's been forced on them, right? You know, that there's this idea that diversity is just kind of good. And so schools should be more diverse, right? And uh, employers should try and be diverse as if diversity in and of itself is a good thing. And so the argument goes, well, but diversity is just diversity. It, it's neither good nor bad. So, but in, in the context of the Star Wars universe, what is it hurting? 
there aren't any actors, unlike episodes one through three, there really aren't any actors where I'm going, but they just can't act. That's, oh, that's the worst line delivery I've heard in a Star Wars film, right? Um, so what is, it, what is being harmed by that diversity is a hard argument to make, other than going back to, well, it doesn't fit with my own kind of ideas of what the, what the film should be like. Um, now, someone might, again, to be fair, might respond, well, but no, diversity can be bad because um, sometimes uniformity has positive re results in that, we, we, you know, people should be thinking alike in certain ways and, it, you know, it's, it, it's better when it comes to um, arguments for uh, cultural cohesion or something along those lines. Um, but at that point, if we can bring those arguments in, we can also bring in what I think is the strongest argument for diversity, which is, is that people who are around people of other kinds are generally much more tolerant, especially when it comes to children. Children who are raised, so study after study shows this, right? Children who are raised around people of different religions, right? People of different colors and ways of thinking and acting and looking uh, tend to be much, 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 much more tolerant. And so, I mean, we could get into an argument about, well, but is toleration a good thing? But I think in the, in the context, in the case of Star Wars, it's kind of, if we're arguing about whether or not something's true to Star Wars, the argument, it, Star Wars seems to be on the side of toleration is good right? That we don't want to just be angry all the time, that we don't want to just hate. We want to reach out and forgive and um, <clears throat> understanding different kinds of ways of thinking and being um, are, are good ways to be. There is a key thing that Star Wars has done for so many people that it's going to continue to do because of the focus on diversity that the films, I think, have always had, which is that there are going to be young people who look at someone who have some similarity to them in some way, and they're going to go, oh, I can be a hero too. Whether it's people who looked at Princess Leia and were like, there's someone like me who, who, who I can be a hero like. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Take it from someone who's really struggled with that in, in so far as I remember being a kid and being so grateful for Yoda, right? This hero, this super powerful hero who's straight up saying size matters not because a whole lot of people were telling me that in fact height did matter. And that gave me something that I could look to and go, hey, maybe I could be a hero too. And trust me, I've taken great pains to deal with this. Like if I try and cosplay as a character, I've gone through like every DC and Marvel hero to try and find ones that are my height because I have this horrible fear of dressing up like as Batman. And I know that if I dress up as Batman, people are gonna go, oh, look at the short Batman. So I've gone through great pains to go through like every hero and try and find which ones I could be. And there's virtually none, there's villains. I, and not only are there villains who are my height, but I just look villainous, right? Which is, has not helped my ego over the years. But the heroes just for the most part aren't there, right? Especially ones that are well-known. And when they become well-known tends to be in films. And when they are short in the comics, we tend to make them tall in the films like Wolverine. So. If that's our problem with the films, too much diversity, well, it's important to remember that these are films that children are gonna watch. And at, at the very least, maybe it would ease our minds to know that some kid is gonna be looking not just at Finn and go like, oh, I can be a hero like Finn, right? Or like Rose or Jin Erso, right? But some kid might be looking at Maz and, and some kid with really big glasses might look at her and go, I can be a hero too. And that's pretty cool.
So the other argument comes down to plot, right? And this one is something that kind of regardless of their political side, a lot of people are really hot on, which is that this film has leaned strongly away from the success of being a hero, right? So you have like Poe comes up with a plan that would have made, I think, Han Solo proud, right? And Han is always the kind of person who says, don't, never tell me the odds, right? Don't tell me the odds. And because this idea of the odds don't matter, it's, it's the heroic effort that does. And we see in the other films that this ends up playing a really important role because over and over again, people go into things that they probably shouldn't. They disobey. We see people take a heroic stand over and over and over again and yet fail. And that's given to us kind of at the very beginning where we see Poe take this heroic stand and he's going to go forward with these bombers anyways. And everyone's like, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Let's take, let's take this dreadnought out. And he's successful, but it's at a tremendous cost. And then it just kind of goes downhill from there. And Luke even warns us. I think he's speaking not just to Ray, but to us in the audience when he tells us, this is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. That makes a lot of people unhappy. I mean, we lose Luke Skywalker, right? Who is this grumpy old man, right? He's just crotchety right? He's given up hope and he was supposed to be a new hope, right? And he's the return of the Jedi. And um, we lose him and we lose the vast majority of the resistance. No one shows up at the end to save them. I mean, I don't know if it, I was certainly expecting people to show up at the end, right? When they're like, oh, well, they're going to use Leia's codes, right? Of course, people are going to show up to help them. And no one does. That is really life, right? That's the way things tend to actually go. And I've been making that argument for a long time with my students, because um, I would point out, look, we just sometimes don't like to actually see the whole story. We like stories to end a little bit early, because if we go all the way to the end of a story, we see how poorly things go from a certain perspective, right? In other words, what I would say to them is, is look, all of our heroes eventually grow old and die. In other words, if they didn't die by virtue of being heroes, what happens? Luke Skywalker, you know, destroys the Death Star, wins, becomes a, a hero, and then grows old and dies, just like everybody else. And, you know, my students would look on in horror and be like, you're destroying my life, Michelle. That's the reality of it. And, and, and Star Wars has always touched on that. We've just been largely, like, lucky enough to be in the hero seat of the people that, for the most part, weren't touched by it especially in, you know, episodes four through six, where you have, like, you know, Alderaan is destroyed. Like, that's, that's what happens in, in terrible, terrible warfare. And we're, if, we're, if we're always telling the story from the perspective of the people who just happen to manage to escape that, we forget that there's all these wonderful heroes, all these wonderful people who tried to escape that circumstance or who realized or tried to do something, tried to push that button last minute and didn't make it. So the film's being really very, very honest with us about how poorly the odds are. And if you look through the course of human history, how often have people tried to overthrow a regime? How often have people tried to stop an evil thing from happening? How many times have people tried to save their family from Nazis, right? Or have they tried to, to, to escape from slavery? How many times have they tried to get out of those circumstances and failed? In the case of like the Star Wars universe, billions and billions of people, right? Um, 
you know, all of those Jedi children killed in episode three, right? Like, well, their story isn't going to be told, right? And so what I'd like to suggest what The Last Jedi gets right is life. I mean, Yoda hits on that for us, right? When he talks about how very difficult it is to be a mentor because really what you're having to show people is failure, right? That's the thing that we collect so much of throughout the course of our life is failure. It's, it's basically like we think of it as collecting our successes, right? Like I haven't died yet. But the longer you live, not only have, have, do you over and over again manage to surmount the odds against you being hit by a bus, but there's a high likelihood that the longer you live, the more of your own failures you see. But on the other side of the coin is the simple fact of the matter that as we grow older, we can't help but also fail in many ways. People that we fail to take care of and, and the things that we think are going to go well and start to go well, and then we eventually see them go poorly. What the film is doing is being honest with us, but it's at the same time telling us to have hope especially in future generations. So with that, and on that happy note, I'm going to say have a wonderful week.